We're so glad you've chosen the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast today. Up next in the series are the brand new sessions from the 2020 Refresh Pastors Conference hosted each year at the Benedict Castle in Riverside. Our fifth session at the Refresh 2020 Pastors Conference is from Gary Wilkerson, and the title of his message is Unhindered. Be encouraged today. One of the graces the Lord has given me is to want to build up and not tear down. I want to see you come into the fullness of the ministry God has for you. I don't want you to miss anything. If, if, if God said your scorecard is going to be 180, I don't want to see you be at 179 when it's all said and done. I, I, I want full entrance, full engagement, full throttle, fullness of the Holy Spirit, fullness of the rewards, fullness of if he gave you 10 talents, you should end it with 20, not 19. If, if you're at, and sometimes we get, we settle. Have you ever noticed that? We'll settle for, if, if you're at, you know, uh, let's just go from 1 to 10, and you're a 10, and you like a 10, that's good, I'm happy at 10, but there's an 11 available for you, but you don't want to go into the 11 because that puts you in a category of being the lowest now on the totem pole. You're, you're in a crowd now with 11 to 20, and so you feel small. I was, I was the big man when I was a 10, but now that I'm 11, I'm in the 20 category, and sometimes we don't want to move up. The 20 doesn't want to become the 21 because you settled at the 20 and you go like, I'm, uh, you know, I've got some recognition now, I'm at a 20. And so you don't want to go to the 21 because now you're in the category with the higher 20s and the, even the 30. But let me tell you this, keep going. Go from 10 to 11 and you'll find that God puts you in there with some 15s and 16s and 18s and even a 20. And that's where you learn, that's where you grow. Like, let me get in there with some 20s in the room. And, and then you go to 21. And I'm not talking about being better, but I'm talking about all that God has for you, getting, getting more of God has for you and going to the next level, taking your ministry to the next level. So this morning I want to talk about being unhindered. That's the title of my message, unhindered, unencumbered. Un, this is not a word, I'm making this up, unset back. You're, you're not getting set back from going from 10 to 20, from 20 to 30, from 30 to 40, 40 to 50, moving on up into higher ground. And there are some things that hinder us. There's a, an old story of, a, of a, a, a pastor who had his congregation show up on a, on a Sunday and said, uh, at the front door of the church, and said, the man who has been hindering us, the one who's been hindering us, keeping us back, the one who's harassed us and harangued us and kept us from the promises of God, that, that one has died. And his funeral is today, so come into the sanctuary. And, and, and they're all like, who, who died? We know there's been a lot of conflict in the church. All churches have conflict. It's, was it so-and-so? I don't know. Who, who died? And they, 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 there's an extensive kind of excitement and fear what, what happened here. And they had a coffin in the front of the church. And, and the pastor opened up the coffin and had everybody come look up at the man. Here's the man. Here's the one who harassed you. And they all looked in the coffin, and it was a mirror. <laughs> who, who was it? Who, <laughs> who was it? Who, who is it that's hindering you? <clears throat> you see, we want to say it's, it's my pastor that's hindering me. It's my elders that are hindering me. It's the kind of city that I live in, that they're, they're hard people. That's what's hindering me. They're, they're, they're is, it, it's, it's, it's my family situation that's hindering me. It's my health that's hindering me. It's my age that's hindering me. I'm too old, that's hindering me. I'm too young, that's hindering me. I'm, I'm, I'm of this race, that's hindering me. I am of, uh, I'm, I'm from the south and I'm ministering in the north, that's hindering me. But have you ever noticed some people refuse to believe in hindrances? Yeah. 
and they, and they make a way when there is no way. They're, they're the wrong person. Skinny little David Wilkerson should have never made it in Brooklyn. He was the wrong man for, for the job. But he didn't believe in that. That was not going to hinder him. His father was a denominational leader in Pennsylvania, and he had set his sights on my father becoming the next denominational leader in uh, central Pennsylvania. <clears throat> that was his ambition for his son, that he would maybe one day take his place in the denomination. So when my father first went to New, uh, Brooklyn to New York City, his father, my, my father told me, was very discouraged and, and discouraging to him. That you're going to waste your time. You're going to lose your place. You're not going to get to, so to speak, get up the corporate ladder. <clears throat> but my father didn't believe in those hindrances, and he went to where God called him and broke free from any hindrance the toughness of the gangs, the setback of the courtroom when he was first there and the judge threw him out, a newspaper putting, writing a bad article about him. Those are things that could have hindered him, but he didn't believe in hindrances as things that could stop the Holy Spirit from doing the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do. I am sure that... Uh, I, I want to make sure today, I, I hope this message accomplishes its purpose of, of, of bringing you to a place where nothing hinders you from completing your purpose. I hope this message serves a purpose of helping you finish your race well, of, of achieving the calling that God has on your life, of helping you to enter into all the promises, nothing hold back, nothing barred, nothing hindering you from entering into all that God has. Because you know this, you know this as much as I do, there are many, many ministers who are, and many people in our churches and in our ministries who are, who are almost successful people. I don't know if you know what that means by that. They're, they're, they're gifted, they're called, they're capable, they're, they're, they're charismatic, they're energetic, they're, they seem to be fruitful in everything they seem to touch. They, they, they turn it into success. They're hardworking. They see the fruit of their labor. They seem to have a unique call of God on their life. They, they, they are... They are, they are pressing on into what seems like a, a, a great agenda for their life, a great calling on their life. The promises of God seem to become fruitful. Some, some people we see around us, some in this room even, are capable of unusually great things. They're, you are capable of, uh, uh, of, of achievements far beyond what would be considered the norm above and beyond the, the greatest things you could think or imagine. There's, there's an unusual capability in many people here in this room, and you've met many people like that, that they are just seem to have a singular, powerful call of God. It's a unique call of God on their life, only to have one single, small, habitual, inner, unaddressed problem that keeps them, that hinders them from entering into all that God has for them. It stops them in their tracks. Their journey is moving up from 10 to 20 and 20 to 30, and they seem to be progressing into the fullness that God has for them, only to have one thing continually be plaguing their life, an unaddressed issue. It's not usually an external issue of my environment or my elders or my family. It's an internal issue that goes undealt with in somebody's life. And I've seen this time and time again. I'm sure you have as well. You can name people. You know them from, even some of them get put in the secular press of ministers who uh, had great churches and great ministries and great callings on their life and great fruitfulness only to be derailed by one small unaddressed hindrance in, in their life. This, sing, this, sing, this single weakness may seem small in comparison to the grandeur and greatness of the glorious things that they can accomplish. And sometimes because of that, this singular thing is overlooked. 
Well, they're accomplishing so much. So many are being reached. So many souls being touched. So many ministries being created. Such powerful preaching coming from the pulpit. Such wonderful prayers. Such prophetic ministries. And so these small things in their heart are overlooked. They, 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 they're, they're calling their gifts uh, are continuing on with the blessing. The, the Bible says that the, the gifts are without repentance. God continues to bless the ministry, but the, the heart doesn't grow along with the ministry. They're, they're, the, the one outdoes the other, and all the attention is put on the effectiveness, the fruitfulness, the growth, rather than the growth of the heart. And these become hindrances, and that's what my message is today, that you and I might be unhindered from anything that would keep us from entering into the fullness that God has for us. Many of us in this room are destined for great things, but we have to be careful not to let that be derailed with lesser ambitions. We have to be careful not to be hindered by these things. If you look at the dictionary, the word hindered means to be not restrained, to not be held back. Or another one says, to make slow or difficult the process. There could be something in your life, in my life, that can slow the process down. Moving to that next level can be, can be hindered. Um, you know, like it, it snows a lot in Colorado. And oftentimes when I go to my office, it's a 10-minute drive. But if there's 8 to 10, 12 inches of snow and the wind's blowing, uh, it can hinder. <clears throat> Last year, there was what they called a, uh, I think it was called a bomb cyclone. Um, where it's, it's a type of winter storm that uh, is sort of like a hurricane with uh, snow in the middle of it and winds at 50, 60, 70 miles an hour with sideways snow. And I was driving home. Uh, I stayed a little too long at work. I, and on the way home, I got hindered. I thought I, I thought I was doing well. And then all of a sudden, I got to the, to the last road. There's a hill that goes up towards my house. And they had actually, the fire trucks had closed that road down. Some trucks had tried to go up, and they were all over the road. I could actually see them cross, crisscrossed on this road. So I had to turn around. And I'm thinking, where am I going to go? And I just checked on my phone, and all the hotels were already by this time, because people had been smarter than me and already <clears throat> got off the roads. <clears throat> and so I thought, hey, there's this, one, uh, there's this one lodge that's not well known. It's down this road. And I turned. I thought, oh, I'm going to make it. I, I, I've got it. I'm, I'm on this road. And I've got it. And all of a sudden, there was a car that had stalled in front of me. And there's no way. It was a one lane. I couldn't get around left or right. Snow banks had pulled up on the side. So I, so I, so I get out. And I have, you know, in Colorado, you're pretty smart. You have a, a you know, you have, you have a blanket in your car, and you have, uh, you have a coat and, and winter gloves and stuff. So I'm putting all this stuff on, and I'm walking, and I get out, and it's like the wind's going like 60 miles an hour, and it's a whiteout, and I'm just walking in this, you know, probably a foot of snow. And I don't, and I'm just going like, I'm not really sure. I think the lodge is this way. And all of a sudden, this pickup truck drives by me, uh, four-wheel drive, you know, those big tires, kind of like a, I saw a Jeep up there. I don't know whose, whose Jeep is that. That's a cool Jeep with the big tires. Excellent. Let's put our hands together for that amazing Jeep that you have. Uh, all donations to World Challenge uh, can, can, can be tax deductible. <laughs> uh, and so this, this, truck, this truck pulls up like that, and, and he rolls his window, and he, and he doesn't ask me what I'm doing. He just says, get in! And, and I, got, I got in, and he took me to the lodge, and they had a room. So I say all that to say that... that our journeys can be hindered by certain things. We, we can be making progress, and all of a sudden, a road gets closed. Or, and and that, that road could be pride. It could be anger. It could be strife. It could be division. It could be selfishness. It could be a, a habitual pattern of sin. It, it just blocks our way from getting to where God wants us to be. 
Far too many of us have great promises and seen amazing victories and experienced exceptional results only to have it ruined by one undealt with internal issue. And, and I want to ask you, uh, 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 is there anything in your life? Is there anything in your life that could hinder you? Because yesterday we really spent a lot of time in all four messages encouraging you, building you up, uh, calling on you to, to believe God for the most amazing things possible in your life. And here today we just pause for a moment and say, is there anything that could hinder that? Is there anything that could slow that process down? Is there anything that's unchecked? Is there anything that you're holding on to? Is there anything that the Holy Spirit has put the spotlight on? He's putting his finger on, he's, he's, he's touching it. Is there, is there that one thing? Is there a Nathan the prophet in your life who could point that finger at you and say, you are the, you are the man, this is, this is the issue. This is the undealt thing that you need to do. And, and then will you have that heart like David to say, yes, I, I am the one. And forgive me, Lord, change my heart, God. Let my heart catch up to my talent, so to speak. My, my giftedness is not the most important thing. My heart is the most important thing. And Lord, if, I, if you'll allow me to take care of my heart, then I know you'll take care of, of the results in my ministry, what you want to happen. You see, it's, it's a, it, it, we're not ruined by the good things that we do. We're ruined by the one thing that we hold on to that we shouldn't be doing. Does that make sense? We're not ruined by all the good things that we do. We're, we're, we're set back by the, that, that one thing that the Bible calls it little foxes, that spoil the vine. It's, it's, the, it's, that, one, it's that one small thing. Better, better, Proverbs also says, better is he that rules his own soul than he that takes a city. Yeah. And, and there's this sense of soul care that is so important for us in receiving the prosperity of the full vessel of, of, the, of the more than enough that God has for us. If you look at the life of Moses, which I want to spend some time looking, in just a moment we're going to go to Numbers chapter 20. If you look at the life of Moses, you'll see it appears he, have, he has a hindrance in his life. Um, he, he is asked by God to speak to a rock when his people are troubled by not having waters in the wilderness. And we'll read that story in just a moment. But, but in this situation, we see something in his heart and it's not, and Moses doesn't lose out here in this story because of not having the good things in his life. Sometimes we think, well, I have this, so therefore that, that, that can be excused. Uh, let me explain. Moses, uh, in, in Hebrews eleven twenty three, 23, you don't have to turn there, but it says, Moses' parents saw that, he, that God had given them an unusual child. That's to say the least, Right? The greatest prophet of all. I mean, just the, 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 one, the, the, the deliverer from the bondage of Egypt. I mean, he was an unusual child. That's, that's, that's an understatement. And, and it seemed like nothing could stop Moses. You know that? I mean, he, he just seemed to be an unstoppable. He was like a force of nature. There, there was a, an iron backbone in him, a steel backbone that just could be could almost, un, you know, losing his parents. Almost in a sense, becoming orphaned, even though his mother nurtured him at a young age, he ended up being away from his father's not really mentioned even. He was losing his parents, couldn't stop him. Isn't that, isn't that powerful? So sometimes when you're adopted, or if you're an orphan, or you lose a parent, or your parents are divorced, you, you, you feel sort of almost like hindered by that. And Moses didn't let that hinder him. He pressed on even as, as what seemed to be growing up as an orphan, uh, getting, getting uh, caught in a, in a problem uh, with, with the Egyptian. It could have stopped him, but it didn't stop him. Being in the wilderness for a long time 
could have stopped him, but it didn't stop him. Pharaoh could have stopped him, but it, but it, but it couldn't stop him. The, Pharaoh was no hindrance to him. It was a short-term hindrance. It seemed like a hindrance, but Moses overcame even the, 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 the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh of, of, of Egypt. Pharaoh couldn't stop him. The armies, the great armies that Pharaoh said, I'm gonna, I made a mistake by letting, Egypt, letting them go out of Egypt into the to their, what they call their promised land. We're going to go get these Hebrews and get them back. And so even the armies, the great armies and the chariots of, of Egypt could not stop him. He got to the, to the edge of the Red Sea and it looked like, uh-oh, we, we better, we, we went the wrong direction. That seemed like that, that, that leadership could stop him, but it couldn't stop him. Not even the Red Sea could stop him. Then they got into the wilderness and people were wandering around in circles and, and his leadership was brought into question, but the wilderness couldn't stop him, the, not even the wilderness. And then they got hungry. They didn't have any food and, and lack of food couldn't stop him. He just said, we don't, without, even without food, we're going on. Then they got thirsty and they all complained, but Moses didn't complain because a little bit of lack of water is not going to stop me from my purpose. And there was a bunch of rebellious people and they were angry and ready to give up on him, but he says, angry and rebellious people, they're not going to stop me. They're not going to hinder me from, from getting in but there was one thing that hindered him from getting into the fullness. That one thing became to him a stumbling block. He was unable to fulfill the complete call of God on his life. He missed out on the last great portion of his life because of this one hindrance, this one undealt with issue in his life. That takes us to our scripture, our text for this morning. And that took a long time to get to that introduction there. So I'm joking. That's, we're halfway done already, so don't worry about it. <clears throat> Uh, Numbers chapter 20 and verse 8. You and Aaron must take the staff and the assembly and the entire community as the people watch and speak to the rock over there and it will pour out its water. You remember now, up to this point, uh, this is the second time they'd already had an experience where Moses was told to strike the rock. The people had been thirsty. And now, the, now again they're complaining and murmuring and he could have given up, but he's like, no God. And he gets in God's presence and, and, and he... And he and he humbles himself before God. And so he says, and, uh, and speak to this people and watch and speak, uh, as this people watch, speak, speak to the rock over there and it will pour out water and you'll provide enough water uh, for the rock to satisfy and the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did what he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come to get, gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels. This is not necessarily the best way to start your sermon. <laughs> And, 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 he, and he shouted, okay, if, you, if, if you're shouting, you rebels, maybe you are angry, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're angry, maybe, you, maybe you're dealing with something. God, he had just been, a few verses before, he'd been in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord showed him mercy and kindness and showed him, let's get some water for these thirsty people. And, and, and he's doing pretty good. He's like, he, he's, he's kind of went, oh, yeah, Lord, thank you. And it says, he, and he obeyed the Lord. He took his staff and he called the people together. I don't know, something happened. It was like he was doing good. I was in the Lord's presence and I was praying for those people and now I have such mercy in my heart and I got my staff and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to speak to this rock. And something happens when he's, and it says he gathers all the people together and as he looks at them, he sees them, he begins to call them names and shout at them. There's something, have you ever noticed it's sometimes easy to forgive people and pray for people and, and love people until you see them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It's like, <laughs> there was a, 
there was a there was a group of people, and I and, and I got in a little bit of conflict with them, and I felt bad about it. So I called them and said, "Hey guys, can I can I come meet with you? I, I want to make things right." And I was feeling really good. I was actually being honest. I was feeling proud about myself. I was kind of glad. Glad I was glad I called them before they called me. So I get the credit of being the bigger man who went to them. So I'm thinking like. This feels good. I'm gonna go tell them. Like, I mean, I'm sorry for the, you know, for the anger and unforgiveness in my heart. And I feel really good. And I walked in the door. And I saw them. And I was just like, Oh, I hate these guys. <laughs> it, it stirred up all. It's seeing their faces stirred up all the. Oh yeah, you said that, and and you did that, and you told my friend that, and you're a liar, and you're a rebellious person, and, and you wanted to shout at them. That's. It's, it's, it's easy in the prayer closet to love people and forgive people, and, uh, but, it's, but it's harder in the ministry when, when, when you're, then you're face-to-face with, you know, it, it's like, you know, when as pastors, they get down, and they're finished with their sermon, and they stand at the door, and they're greeting people, and you're going, oh, I love you, you know, sister, so, oh, I love you, brother, oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's that one or two, three or four or five or six people that are, that are harder to deal with. And Moses, Moses says he, 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 you know, he, he, he said he was, he said he was listening to the Lord, you know, and, and then all of a sudden he sees the people and, and this, this undealt with thing stirs, stirs up in, in his heart. And Moses shouts at the people in an angry rage, rage and, and verse 11 says, and Moses lifted up his hand and he struck the rock twice, bang, bang, he's hitting on this rock, water will come out for you rebellious people, so maybe still shouting at them. And I think God in heaven is looking like, wait a minute, this wasn't our contract. Huh? <laughs> this was, what happened here? Uh, you're, 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 my, you're my vessel, you're my voice, you're my leader, and, and I'm giving you direction for blessing of the people, and rather than blessing them, you're cursing them. You, even Balaam was, couldn't curse the, the people, and yet Moses is, you rebellious people. You know, this, this thing got stuck in Moses' heart. We, we won't go there right now, but, but even, even as he's dying, he, he says, the Lord, the, the Lord won't let me into the promised land because of you. That's what he told his people. He, he still wasn't dealing with his own issues. It's your fault that I didn't get in, you rebellious people. He wasn't looking at his own anger. He, he wasn't dealing with this. This was something he was dealing with his whole life. He, you remember when he was a young, young son of Pharaoh and the Egyptian kills a, a Hebrew and he takes the anger, gets, he, he lifts his rod again. He lifts his hand to strike again, and he has this anger issue as a young man. He, he, the Lord's taking him through this experience where he wants to deal with the issues of his heart, but some of it goes left, seemingly, apparently seems to be left undealt with. He had the issue when he was young. He had the issue here, even when he's, he's, he's up on the mountain, and he's saying his last words to his people. He's, he's still angry at them. I'm blaming you. I can't get in because of you. It's your problem, not mine. That's oftentimes our hindrances. We think it's other people. That's why we started that illustration of the church with the coffin, because we think who's in the coffin when that person is gone, when they're out of the way, then my hindrances are gone. But our hindrances aren't gone unless we look at the mirror, unless we take a look inside. Moses sees the rebellious people. He grumbles, and, and, and instead of speaking to the rock, he strikes it. His, his emotions got the better of him. He's enraged. He's dealing again with this undealt with anger and rage in his heart. And, but he did almost everything right. That's what we were talking about just a minute ago. It's like, you know, and sometimes that seems unfair to me a little bit. I mean, just to be real honest, sometimes the Bible, you know, my sense of justice and, 
equanimity um, is different than God's. It's almost like, wait a minute, he did so much right. And then he just, instead of speaking, he's hit it. Like, that doesn't seem like a big deal. But I want to say to you, all the things that you do right does not qualify you and give you a right in God's presence to do the one thing wrong. To, to, to have that, to allow that one thing to be in your heart. To, for the pastor who pastored one of the largest churches in America in the southeast to have a, to have a, a what he called a little bit of a drinking problem ended up disqualifying and he's no longer a pastor of a church of almost 30,000 people because of what was in his in his eyes, it was just a little thing. I, I'm working so hard, and I'm so gifted, and the church is growing, and, and every, every altar call is filled with 200 people getting saved, and the baptism tanks, you know, the, line, the lines are down the street. And, and, and so just, if I drink a little bit, what does that have to do with anything? It's that one hindrance. And if you look at Moses' life, he had, he had all the things you would think you'd want to have. He had, he had amazing worship, didn't he? I mean, he would get into God's presence, and the Shekinah glory would fall on, on his face. He, he'd have to, the Bible says he had to cover his face. He had such a glory of God. So it wasn't a glory problem. It wasn't a, a, a worship problem. He, and he had the word. If anybody had the word, like, you, you, have a, you may have a new Bible, or you may have a new translation, but, but, but you, didn't, you don't have a rock that God put his finger right, to write it on. I mean, Moses, like, if anybody got the word, it was Moses as he watched God's finger, like, okay, don't do that. Don't do this. Do this. Love of God. And so he had the word. He was a man. And, 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 and the personally, you'd see Moses. He was like, you know, the, the Lord said to me, and, and I heard the Lord say, and thus saith the Lord. He was a prophet. He, he had the word. He had worship. He had the word. He also had community. He was, he was really good at community. He was, he was called by God. And the first thing he thinks is, is it okay if Aaron comes with me? He wanted, he wanted team ministry, and then his sister Miriam came, and then his father-in-law started giving him some directions, saying, hey, why don't you gather 70 guys around you and help, have you, yeah, that's a great idea, let's get 70. So there's like 80 guys and gals now working together in ministry, and he's out among the people, and he has a heart for the people, and he's praying for the people. So his problem wasn't community, his problem wasn't worship, his problem wasn't the word, his problem wasn't, wasn't community, his, his, his problem wasn't really, in most cases, obedience. He did 99% of the time he did what the Lord told him to do. His problem was this one thing, an undealt with anger. Now you're, you may be thinking I'm talking about anger here today, like Pastor Gary spoke about anger this morning at, at the conference. I'm not speaking about anger, I'm talking about undealt issues that hinder you, because your issue is probably not anger, and you're feeling off the hook. Oh, wow, I'm glad. I'm glad Pastor Gary is talking about anger this morning, because I don't have an anger problem. <clears throat> well, maybe you have a pride problem then, because you feel so good that you don't have an anger problem. And, 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 I, and I know we're laughing a little bit about pride, but, but that's one of the things in ministry we see. I'm the man of God. How, how dare you confront me? How dare you tell me this was off? How, and many pastors are full of pride. Uh, I've dealt with this in my own life, just feeling like the, the Lord speaks through me, not you. I'm the leader of this thing, not you. He didn't choose you, he chose me, so why are you telling me I should do it better or different than you want me to do it? And, 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 and that leads to anger. Pride leads to anger, and there could be, could be these little foxes that are spoiling the vine. And it may not be even the, the types of sins that we commit. They might be things that we feel. We might feel inadequate, and that's a lack of faith. We might have fear to hold us back. We, we, the, the 10 spies the, uh, out of the 12 that went into the promised land, 
they said, we, we see ourselves as grasshoppers. And, and there were giants in the land. That, that was their hindrance. Th- these were not wimpy men who went into the spy out the land. These were the 10 to 12 best warriors they had. So these were not necessarily fearfully made men. But when they saw something that was overwhelming to them, all of a sudden fear, there was a little bit of fear. And it could be fear that hinders us. It could be lack of faith that hinders us. It could be, it could be pornography. Many pastors are dealing with and leaders, Christian leaders are dealing with pornography as the issue in their life. It could be unforgiveness holding a grudge against somebody who's hurt you and, and it just lingers in your heart and, and you're doing good and there's success and there's fruit, but that one thing is unaddressed, the unaddressed issue of your heart. And you can do so many good things. You can do so much right. You can have community. You can have worship. You can have the word. You can have a good prayer life. You can have the glory of God on your life. You can be bearing great fruit. But, the, but God is looking at this one thing saying, we've got to deal with this. Yeah. this. This one little thing could could spoil the whole vine. This, this one little thing could be the thing that keeps you out of the promised land, which is exactly what happened to Moses, right? God says to him, and in a seemingly, if you don't understand the, the holiness of God, it seems rather cruel that, that he would keep, he did so much good, and now he made a mistake, he's kicking him out. But, but, but what we don't know is how holy God is. And to us, we go, like, it's one little mistake. To God, goes, no, this is a history of a man who was unwilling to deal with this one issue of his heart. And maybe he thought because he was doing other things so well that he didn't have to, have to deal with that issue, that he was, he was excluded from dealing with this one issue because of the glory of God. I mean, a face doesn't shine like this if, if there's not the, the blessing and the favor of God. Sometimes we have to be very careful when we're, when we're in a season of fa- the favor of God. When we have that deep, deep favor of God, we can begin to excuse the, some of the smaller things, or seemingly smaller things in our life that are not small to God. To God, these things are huge. Anger is huge. Pornography is huge. Unforgiveness is huge. Fear is huge. Because even if God didn't say to Moses, this will keep you out, in our own life, these are the type of things that keep us out. Even if it wasn't a judgment from God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even if it wasn't a judgment from God, your anger will catch up with you, and your church will probably ask you to leave eventually. Uh, there, there are certain things that will happen just even naturally, even if it wasn't the, the, the judgment of God, if it was just the natural results of having those things in our life. And so Moses had the right results, but he got there the wrong way. He, 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 he got the water, you know, and, 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 and sometimes when we get that, we, it begins to make us think, well, it worked. You know, so, so maybe I don't really have to, maybe it's not that big a problem because God's still blessing me. The water's still rushing out. See, he got the result he wanted, but he got it the wrong way and it ended up creating havoc in his life. So in the last few minutes I have with you, you know, I've been talking about being hindered, but let me talk about the good news, becoming unhindered. Would you like to do that? Because that, I mean, that's the real important stuff. All of us know, you've heard sermons like this and you can leave like, I'm so hindered, God, I feel, I'm hindered. Forgive me for being hindered. And 10 years from now, you'll still be hindered. Right? So, so unless we talk about getting unhindered, when we have, I have nothing to say to you. Just, just, I, I could have just, I could have, you know, I'm sorry, I wasted your time. I could have just said, you're hindered, let's deal with it. You know? Uh, but, but, but here we go, becoming unhindered. All right, Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. Matthew 16, 23. Peter comes to him and, and says, you're not going to have to go to the cross. And Jesus says, it's like Satan has come after Jesus through Peter. 
And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. Wow. This kind of gives me a little bit of encouragement. I I start feeling a little bit better. Maybe I can make it through because even Jesus got hindered. There there was something that was trying to hinder Jesus. and, and, And Jesus recognizes the hindrance immediately. And he says, get behind me, Satan, for you are a hindrance to me. Even Jesus had a hindrance. And the only way, number, number one is Jesus had a hindrance, so do we. Number two is the only way to get out of the undealt hindrance in your life is to get it behind you, not with you. Don't carry your hindrance with you from decade to decade, from place to place, from person to person. Jesus says, get behind me. So in other words, you're saying that's, that's something I used to deal with. It's not undealt with anymore. I've dealt with it. And deal with it recklessly. Deal with it fervently. Deal with it passionately. Deal with, with it like it's the only thing you have to deal with. You, like you never have to write another sermon. You never have to lead another staff meeting. You never have to, to build another building. The, the thing that is number one on your to-do list is deal with this undealt with issue. Get it behind you. I used to be struggling with pornography. I'm not now. I used to drink a little bit, but I don't now. I used to be angry at people, but not now. It's behind me. I used to be. I used to have a lot of problem with unforgiveness, but it's behind me now. Uh, I used to have a lot of fear. I walked around in fear, but I dealt with it. Dealt with it. Dealt with it. Jesus said, "I put it behind me." How do you put it behind you? Number one, you have to realize you have it. You have to, to, to confess it. That's what the word confession means. It's, yeah, it's me. I, I am. That's what you, you, you know, Nathan said to David. You are the man. David said, I'm the man. You got me. This is reality. I'm facing it. I am, I am dealing with something, and it's no small thing. I just think it's a little bit of unforgiveness, uh, a little bit of pornography, a little bit of anger, a little bit of fear. It's not a little bit. It's a lot. Because it's that one, that's why it's called a little fox. The Bible didn't say huge foxes spoil the vine. But they do, right? But little ones do as well. Because God wanted to help us identify that sometimes it's the things that are, that are, that are less concerning to us that are the things that are derailing us. So, so get it behind you. Get it behind you by, by knowing it, number one. Number two, sharing it with somebody. You need somebody in your life you can trust and tell these things too. If it's a hidden secret, it's going to stay a secret. It's going to stay. Uh, it's going to stay cloudy. It's going to stay uh, covered. It's going to stay in this mysterious. It's going to keep shame in your heart. Have you ever noticed sometimes when you confess something to somebody you trust, all of a sudden you can go, oh, "Man, just I feel so much better after having talked to you about this." Man, I, I just, I had such unforgiveness in my heart towards person A, and, and, you know, and now that I talk to you and, and you encourage me, I'm going to go talk to that person. I feel so much better. Getting it out in the open. Number three, if you need to, I would encourage you to go to a Christian counselor or a pastor or another pastor in your city that, that you know isn't the kind of pastor that's going to be, you know, preaching about it next Sunday at their church. You know, that's a, but, but, a, but a, a, I mean, a trusted friend. I have... I have those friends in my life. I've told you about it. I, I, me and my best, one of my best friends, Tim Delina, we hold up our hand and we name off five people in our life that, that, that know almost everything about us. And, and out, of those, out of those five I have in my life, two of them know everything. I mean, they know, they know if, if I yell at my wife, I, I call Tim, Tim, man, I'm, 
I'm, I'm, I'm being mean again. You know, can, can you help me get through that? And you know, we pray for one another. There's, there's two people in my life. There's three others that, that know a lot about me. And you should be able to hold up your hand like that and, and, and just have me say, <clears throat> name the five closest friends that know your heart, that know your hindrances. And you should be able to say, like, you know, Bill, Ted, Jeremy, blah, 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 you know, name them five. And when Tim, my friend Tim, first preached that, he said, hold up your hand like this and name off the five closest people in your life. And I, I did it so fast. I said, Kelly, Evan, Elliot, Ashley, and Annie. And he said, and they can't be your wife or kids. And so I had, that was my wife and these are my four kids. So I had, oh, okay. Uh, and then I went, okay, da-da-da, uh, one, uh, um, yeah, two. And then three, four, and five didn't come. I, I, I had been in ministry for... 30-something years, and I, I had no real close friends, not even, a, not even a handful of people that really knew my heart, and that was a hindrance. I would say the lack of close friends, lack of five close friends, will be a hindrance to you overcoming your hindrances. Does that make sense? What will hinder you from being, ever becoming unhindered will be the hindrances of not having people that you're close with. And Jesus had this. He had this closeness to people, and that helped him get things... Not, not that they were in him, but, but they were trying to get a hold of him. Remember, Jesus said, Satan has come, and he found no place in me. He, he, he didn't, there's no place for this hindrance to get connected to, to my heart. <clears throat> the battle, then, the last thing we see here in this passage of Scripture is, is, he says, get behind me, Satan, for you are a hindrance for me, because your thoughts are not God's thoughts, but man's thoughts. So this suggests to me that Jesus understands that the battle is in the mind, Joyce Meyer wrote a whole book about that and built almost a whole ministry around that, that the battle is in the mind. And, and I would recommend you read that because this is, this is where, this is where that our, our thought life becomes our hindrance to us. What we think about people uh, leads to unforgiveness. What, what we think about people leads to anger at, at people. What we think about people leads to fear. We are grasshoppers. You are giants. Fear, it's a thought. It's all, it's all it is. It's, it's, so it's in the thought life. So, so uh, renewing the mind holding every thought captive. These are, these are some areas that I'm teaching you this morning that I believe will be uh, effective for you, so that the battle is won the way you think. And so as you, as you ask the Holy Spirit to have the mind of Christ, he's controlling your thoughts. When you have those anger thoughts, you realize, like Moses started, should have could have said to himself, you know what, I've already killed a guy, so I know I have a problem, right? I mean, if, if, if there's somebody dead laying by you and you have a rock on your hand, admit it, you have a problem, okay? Uh, and so Moses had a problem, and, and it didn't seem to be something he, he addressed. And so the mind has to say, yes, I have a problem, and I need to, to confess that. I need to own it. I need to speak to people about it. I need to turn from it. I need to put it behind me. And, and that's how you begin to become unhindered. One last scripture verse. Turn with me to, to the book of Acts, and then we'll close with a word of prayer. The book, are you doing okay out there? Yeah. I'm taking a little time to do a little teaching here. Uh, you know who, the, who wrote the book of Acts, right? Who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. Okay, who wrote the book of Luke? It's not a trick question. It's a... <laughs> you know, like, I, I said, was, it, was it Mark? Uh, was it Moses? Uh, no, okay, so, so and uh, I'm told that they were originally just one book, uh, one letter kind of written to the churches, and so it, it's this amazing story of, 
of Jesus and, and his works and his miracles and his power and his life and his love. And then it just began to morph into like, and then his disciples took on this and then his disciples discipled people and they took it on and, and this whole book of Acts became, you know, Jesus working through his church now and it's exciting. And, and, and these two stories that are wrapped up in one in, in Luke's writings are, are stories of a, a really... A, a lot of stories, a lot of, a lot of the, the, the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts is like hindrance, victory. Next hindrance, victory. Um, and, and I don't know what it is about how this builds, the, the, the hindrance seems to take me from 10 to 11. It's not the, the victory didn't take me from 10 to 11 or 20 to 21. It was the hindrance that took me there. It was, it was like, do you remember, do you, do you remember what happened when, if you were like me and, and you, uh, and, and you passed uh, Algebra 1. How many of you passed Algebra 1? What was the reward you got for passing Algebra 1? <laughs> right. Yeah, all right. Thanks a lot. So, and that's, to me, that's, that's, the, that's the book of Acts. It's like, uh, you got through this one, it just got shipwrecked. Hallelujah, ow, I got bit by a snake. You know, so, you're just worshiping, like, bam. You know, it's just, it's the, it's, you're graduating to the next trial and tribulation. So it's a, it's a book of, really, it's a book of hindrances and victories of overcoming, of, of becoming unhindered because God knows when a man or woman becomes unhindered, they're unstoppable. When a man or a woman becomes unhindered, there's nothing can get in their way. You see, Moses was almost, almost, almost unhindered. Yeah. But he got that one thing that was undealt with in his life. So we have to look at his life and say that something hindered him from getting into the promised land. But there's stories, unlike Moses, there's a lot of story, other stories of people that were not hindered. They got in, Joshua and Caleb, for instance, unhindered. We, we know nothing about their life. It's one thing about uh, Joshua. We look at his life and you don't see a whole lot of like, and then he killed this guy or... You know, just it was like there was an un, unhindered life, and so the book of Acts is is the story of the hindrances and overcoming the hindrances, and 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 we see Paul going through these journeys of being shipwrecked and beaten and imprisoned and and then beaten again and then kicked out of a city and then rejected by his own people and 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 storms at night and and hunger and thirst and cold and not enough clothes for the journeys on, and and. and Man, if anybody could say, I can't keep going on. Just there's too many hindrances. It might have been Paul, but look at verse 30 of, uh, of Acts 28. Uh, For the next two years, Paul lived at Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited him, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus, and he lived unhindered. The last word in the book of Acts is the Greek word unhindered, Un- unhindered. Luke, Luke finished his story with this word. I love this. This is so cool. Like, having said all and done all, having been through all these storms, having been tried and, and tribulations, having the devil, devil rage against me, having storms within and storms without, having problems and persecutions and crisis, having dealt with some of my own junk in my own heart, having dealt with this, Paul could have maybe had some anger issues. Paul could have had some pride issues. You know, he, he, was, he, could, he could tend to boast occasionally here or there. He, he was probably dealing with a few things, but the story ends with this word. For two years, I preached Jesus and nothing but Jesus, and I was left in my, 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 uh, my house, under house arrest for two years, and I was unhindered. 
Oh, man, I like that. Lord, let us be unhindered. Let, let us be unhindered. Let us, let us be able to enter into that. The, the last word said about us, uh, now I'm changing my story because yesterday I said the last word is, is praise. Uh, today I'm saying the last word is unhindered. I mean, this is a little more literal. Uh, the last word of the book of Acts, literally in Greek, is unhindered. He, the, he was unhindered, and you can be unhindered. I can be unhindered. There's great hope in this. You don't have to fear your hindrance. Like, it's like, oh, I'm so messed up. I have this hindrance in my life. I've had it for a long time. God is good at getting rid of our hindrances. And he wants to get rid of our hindrances so that we can see a way when there seems no way, where the jars can be filled, where we can have the awe and wonder of God in our life, in our ministry, where we can do all that God has called us to do unhindered. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus that we could uh, finish the journey unhindered. There are some young men and women in this room, and we pray for them right now that they would go through their life uh, easily recognizing the hindrances. And like Jesus, they would just rebuke it quickly and tell it to get behind them, and that that they would take every thought captive. And now for those of us that are older, God, we pray that we would be once again graciously reminded of the, the potential pitfalls and hindrances that could keep us from finishing our race well, from, from running to win the race, Lord, not just uh, sort of squeeze in there. So teach us, God. Show us if there's any hindrance in our life right now. Lord, we offer that up to you. And I pray that we'd make a commitment here in this room together today to say uh, it won't stop here at this little prayer time in this session. It will go on to where I will, I will talk to my wife or husband. Or I'll talk to my sister or brother. I'll talk to my best friend. And, and I'll share with them I, I, that, that, that I've been struggling with this hindrance and I don't want it to set me back. I don't want it to keep me from, from entering in. I thank you, God, that the people in this room have great potential. They have great promise. They have great hope. The, the, the best is yet to come. The, the, the dreams that they have are, be, are, 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 call, are callings of God that are meant to be realities. And so we, we come against now every little hindrance, everything that would stand in the way of full-on victory, God. Thank you, God. We just turn away the those things. We put it behind us, God. We say now, in the name of Jesus, all anger go behind us, all lust go behind us, all pride go behind us, all fear go behind us, all division go behind us, all prejudice, racial prejudice go behind us, all anxiety go behind us, all stressfulness go behind us. Lord, any other types of hindrances that aren't even necessarily sins, the, the hindrance of Satan, the hindrance of sickness, the hindrances of, of people coming against us, the hindrances of, of these things that Paul talked about, the we don't literally face them, shipwrecks and beatings, but there are external hindrances as well. And we ask you to help us not only with the internal ones, but with the external ones. For, for I believe, I wasn't planning on preaching this nor praying it, but I believe there's some people here that are facing some very severe external hindrances. Um, people raised up against them in accusation. Um, difficulties in, uh, I don't know, for some reason I'm thinking contracts, dealing something with contracts or... Um, uh, land and uh, property and uh, building use and and permits and uh, stuff like that and 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 uh, Lord, I just pray now in the name of Jesus, you would release that and and let there let these be external hindrances, Lord, and and just for a moment back to the internal ones, God. Just I just feel like praying one more time over fear. Just uh, I, there's probably uh, there's probably a few things that could cripple as much, cripple us and hinder us as much as fear. Um, Lord Moses. You asked to stay out of the promised land because of his anger, but uh, the ten, they asked to stay out of the promised land because of their own fear. 
You, you didn't even ask them to stay out. They wanted to stay out. They just thought it was too much. So I pray that not anybody in this room would think it's too much, that the great and glorious, grand, amazing call of God on their life would be too much for them to handle. Because we're, we're probably, sometimes we think ourselves ambitious. Sometimes, Lord, we think ourselves as wanting too much. But I think, in reality, you think of us opposite, that we don't want enough, that we don't ask enough, that we don't believe enough, that we're not tackling enough, that we're not longing enough. So help us now. Help us now in the name of Jesus uh, to be hindrance-free. In Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We really appreciate you choosing the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it today. It's easy. Go to wherever you get your podcasts, click on our icon and hit subscribe. A new podcast filled with godly encouragement, spiritual instruction, and teaching comes out every Tuesday. We know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and we're so grateful that you chose our podcast today. Be encouraged.